it better late than never. It's Saturday, July 25th, 4.52 p.m. Eastern on the Yang Gang Roundtable. And we are fortunate enough to have, in addition to our regulars, Jeremy Fay and Ariel Morgan Dodd, a congressional candidate for Pennsylvania's 30th district. 30th? No, 11th or 4th. 11th or 4th? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry for getting it wrong, but <laughs> no, it's okay. explain how that is. Okay, so in Pennsylvania, you have to live in the district you want to represent. Okay. okay. But I have whispers and rumblings from people in other districts that are like, hey, this might be a thing. You, you want to move here if you're going to opt to do that. So I could just insert myself rather than having to primary somebody. So there's, there's an uncontested seat that could potentially pop up in the fourth district. Okay. So I could just move there for a year, make Strategic. sure I have myself. Yeah, I'm pretty like, like pragmatic. Yeah. You have to be. I mean, we're dedicated to basic income, uh, and it has to be a nonpartisan project. It has to be a pragmatic project, and we have to be willing to be flexible. And I'm so glad to have, uh, you know, I was just saying before we, we uh, went live, uh, one of the Republican um, congressional candidates who's running on a basic income platform, mm-hmm. um, because there are not as many of you as there are Democrats. And uh, you were saying, well, you know, there are more of you than you think. And I'm, I said, yeah, that's, that's good. We keep finding you and bringing you on the show and letting people know. So, <laughs> so that's a good place to start, I think. Um, uh, so Jeremy is, uh, is part of a project to, uh, what's the, I'm blanking on the word, a pack. You have, we, we have a, a pack that, that Jeremy is working on uh, specifically for um, basic, pro-basic income um, Republicans to support them. So um, he's got probably some interesting things to talk about with you. I don't know if you want to get the conversation started there, but that seems like a good place to me. Uh, I learned from my first podcast interview. I'm not a very good public speaker that I had to take uh, written notes before I start, but if you guys would like to lead the conversation, I'll participate in just Q and a, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what we do. We just, we have an open discussion and uh, you know, we'll let the conversation take off. Kind of like Joe Rogan, so just, just relax, and uh, we'll keep it centered around uh, basic income, electoral politics, and poverty, and uh, the theory are always intertwined, so that's why we're all here. Um, yeah, so Jeremy, do you want to talk a little bit about that, that project? And maybe uh, Morgan can comment on that, and you guys can start a dialogue. I'm sure there's stuff we can learn through this I don't exchange. Bite. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, man. All right. So uh, once again, my name is Jeremy. Uh, we, we've we've uh, spoken very briefly before this uh, conversation here. But yeah, the the organization or the, the PAC, the Political Action Committee that I put together is called uh, Restoring American Families. Uh, we're, we're still in the very beginning phases. Um, so like you know, all of our FEC paperwork is filed. Like we're, you know, we're legit on the books. We just don't have a uh, social media um I guess a uh, platform or presence just quite just yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, what we're trying to do is, you know, is number one, uh, locate and identify uh, pro UBI Republicans, libertarians, more independent type people. It's people that really aren't self-identified as um, liberals or progressive, what, you know, what have you. Um, and the, the, I, the, the main goal of the project is to shift the Overton window of UBI to the center so that it's not a democratic issue or, you know, a, a straight liberal position to take. That is, is it a truly center capitalist forward thinking position to have. Um, and that, that's basically in a nutshell that what we're, what we're trying to do. 
I think also the candidates that we will find identify, they will need um, you know, a boost making their on, online presence more well-known and accessible. And that's where we plan to come in and help. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, 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 uh, that's us in a nutshell. Um, you have described yourself as a progressive Republican. I'm just curious what that really means. And- well, okay. I, I, I put it in the terms that, that somebody on the left can understand that I'm willing to be flexible on things and I'm willing to work with solutions. But the, the, the idea of the left owning the word progressive kind of doesn't fit with me at all as far as the words and how they matter because i could describe myself as a progressive republican it doesn't mean that i'm i'm like co-opting their term i'm using just a word to describe that i'm trying to push my party forward progress that's a great point yeah like you you can't just claim stake to something and say it's mine it's mine it's mine like the english language is shared in our country it has weight and meaning you should be able to say what you want to say without being cast down so I mean that I, for me that well means said. like for me that means taking uh, time to think about the issues and uh, take take them from a direct solution standpoint. For example, in my state there are fifteen thousand homeless people, and that's that's rising very very quickly. Um, there's also a wealth discrepancy because we've pumped in twenty five percent more into social services and welfare spending which has increased the gap of wealth from the middle class rung in our state. We're 39th poorest in the United States, FY, for context. I'm wanting to flip that and turn it into at least 15th. Um, but we dump like almost $500 million a year into social services, welfare, TANF, HUD, housing, paying the social workers to do it. If we were to actually cut that and reduce that spending and unfortunately it would result in layoffs and everything like that but we have to shrink the government's reach because if you keep expanding the government on a local level it becomes a zero-sum game because pretty soon you're going to start hiring the people that are actually homeless to take care of the homeless the bureaucratic bureaucratic like monopoly is just getting out of control there's no there we also have uh earmarked pages in our budget for pa that are sent to special interest groups and everything like that because we have to invest in that because they're the only things paying for the state where we could be diverting that money to a, a like a non-centralized 23 square miles. I Meaning it could be different towns, different sections of the state, but have a, a decentralized, almost like Hornsdale battery farm. If you know what that is in Southeast Australia, where they export and stabilize the grid and they can export energy and make money. And in them, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then we have a, a company in Texas called Icon that three, can 3D print a, a proprietary resin and mortar mixed house that's almost 600 square feet for under four or $5,000. And that was in 2018. And they could do it in 12 hours. You could put mm-hmm. that and make, make it so there's an actuating solar panel and battery pack on each house. And then when it's winter, you just make sure the solar panel is vertical so the snow doesn't cover it. The UV light bouncing off the snow is actually more volatile than, than regular light. You would maybe be making more energy and storing more energy and exporting it to other st- states or counties and raking in cash for the budget. And then you can turn that into a basic income after you downsize the welfare state in the, uh, in, in the state itself. Yeah. Um, Morgan, I'd like to speak to what you just said about like getting people who are in dire straits and then making them part of the bureaucracy who help people who are in dire straits. When when uh, I was on unemployment, 
and I got a job offer from to to you know join the unemployment office as yep. like part of IT and I'm like this is just so ridiculous and and it it reminds me there's this snake it's called the ouroboros and yep. it it's basically eating its own tail yep and that's that's what we're doing to ourselves financially it's like it's 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 like we're 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 cannibalizing on all these things which does not need to happen <laughs> Yeah, so it like, sounds to me, uh, Morgan, like so. With the when when tackling homelessness, you would also alleviate the burden of green energy and the, the welfare state within your community, right? And so yeah. it's a, a three pronged approach: homelessness, green energy, welfare reform. And then the fourth the fourth part of it is is with the green energy, it would be energy exports, which would mm-hmm. increase the budget, and then you can specifically uh, th- throw that back into the the contract that I would possibly formulate with Tesla and uh, Icon to build these homes communities to subsidize the homeless problem because we're 460 million or upwards of 120 million once. Now that 460 million is yearly repeating on tax dollars budget. Like the, the, ta- the taxpayers are paying that amount just to help the, the homeless community and the, the welfare state as it is. You could end the homeless community problem and retroactively just add a house if somebody were to go and apply for, and this is something I also want to bring up is uh, I'm, I'm going to cycle back, but I want to open up frontier law again inside the state, which means that if there's federal uh, granted land that they already own, they can give that as a place to print the house and it would already be self-sustaining because most of the stuff out there is well water and solar would provide the electricity. And by 2021, we're going to have Starlink as a standard thing in the U S so like the technology trend is there, but everybody's burying their head in the sand. So what would you need to do? Like what kind of um, organizing of people would you need to recruit to make stuff like this happen? Uh, so like, Who's like funding and building? I guess. Well, when you're when you're doing uh, a 3D printed houses, um, I, I can share the video with you after this. So you get an idea of how, or you can look it up yourself. It's on YouTube. But you only need flat surface. You pour a concrete foundation. You bring in the the joist. It's a joist system that tracks back and forth and then moves in three dimensional space and just lays down layers of it. Um, they printed one house in 24 hours that was about 650 square feet in Texas, but that was at a quarter speed. So they could do it in 12 to six hours. Like if they rushed the machine, you can print an entire six block neighborhood in a week. And they're doing it in Venezuela right now to alleviate the housing crisis Venezuela is having because of their overly socialist policies. That's like really incredible though. But I mean, it, it, it gets rid of the, uh, the excuse about not having enough people, right? You know, uh, to build houses that you can't build them quick enough. Like it actually seems like it's streamlining the process and automating something that actually might need to be done just to keep up. Well, there's, if you look it up, there's a sun garden industry in the CCP. I'm, I'm very against CCP as far as things, but they're, they're printing entire apartment complexes. They're, they're printing entire mansions just out of a, a concrete mortar mixture and a 3D extruder. So they can do multiple floors with yep. printing? Yep. That's incredible. So oh, you, my gosh. You, 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 you put the, the, the foundation, the footprint layer for the walls, and then you, 
lay another foundation on top of it, put player in from the walls. You can, it, it's so strong. It just stacks on itself. So that, that's one way of doing it. Another one is that there's that, what inspired this technology, by the way, is space ex- exploration. That's I'm a very for another space race. We need that. Um, NASA made a contract. So like we need people to figure out how to make uh, domiciles on Mars that are very rigid and super lightweight and can be made very quickly. And somebody's like, well, let's just apply 3D printing and figure out a way to do that. And from that technology, we, we now can build houses and, and at a fourth of the cost of what it takes to manage a property that HUD has taken over and is using tax dollars and man hours to manage and, and look over. They can make a nearly indestructible like living structure that the government can control and the person can lease to own out of like a tax rate or something. And then that would get rid of the wealth disparity and inequities because the person wouldn't actually own property, be it maybe a little bit cookie cutter to the rest of the neighborhood, but it would allow them with a UBI, a lessened tax burden on the, from the welfare state, like imposing its will on the people. Um, you'd end up with- But that's with, just the baseline. It's like you, we can only evolve from there, right? Yeah. It might be cookie cutter now, but oh, just imagine the evolution of that. Well, they already have, you, they already, the, the company icon now makes it so you can use an iPad to draw the dimensions of where you want your walls and how you want it. And then the AI software will recommend, well, this is a little too skinny for a hallway. Let's bump it out to here. Like we, we already have that tech in place. Like there, that you can have unique houses if you're a homeless person. Be like, you go and apply for a frontier land grant. You're like, I know this is undeveloped area, and then they can say, all right, fine, here's the grant. Then you have the small, like six hundred, seven hundred dollar UBI to help you get tools, lay out, flatten out the area, and then Icon comes in because they've got a, or or even Icon could do this. They can bulldoze it, and let's say a total cost of a house fifteen thousand dollars. Well, that's pretty much on par with a trailer in 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 PA. Like it's between seven and uh, $15,000 when you subsidize that and zero it out. So it's a permanent structure and not something as flimsy as, as, as a trailer park thing, which most people are stuck in now because the bottom rung are, are at 24,000 a year and the middle class are at 54. There's a $30,000 gap in, in, uh, in wages. That's, that's you know, huge. I actually heard, I actually heard that, like, you know, trailer parks is where the money's at these days because everyone's so broke that that's where they need to move to, you know. And, it's a predatory I mean, market. It is. It is. It's crazy. I, I wonder yeah, if there'll be a bubble on that eventually. But, I mean, you know, if you go in with the logic, well, the investor class are going to be protected when the bubble bursts, I may as well, then it's a good investment. Yeah, Warren Buffett is a major investor in uh, many trailer parks. I, I did not know that. That's, that's actually not very surprising, but I didn't know that. Um, We're here to learn. I, I, see, that's the other thing that I'm trying to show people, like on the Republican side, it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to voice your opinions. The reason why Thank people you. say yeah. the silent majority exists is because most conservatives are just that. They're conservative in their values and views. They don't share them with others because they respectfully just want to use their vote the way they want to use it. Well, right. I, let's try to pry that. That book open a little bit more than there for, uh, in terms of conservative values. Um, I guess the uh, topic of abortion, where do you fall on that debate? Pro-life, but with, 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 with the way the technology is going, uh, Philadelphia Children's Hospital just took from in utero, like they transplanted a lamb into an artificial womb, had it grow to full term, walked around for weeks. It was completely healthy, could have lived a full life. They killed it for science 
just going to put that out there. <laughs> you know, I, just, I, I understand, Faye, you have to do an, a post-mortem on something that was artificially grown. That's just how it is. We'd rather have it done on like a, a lamb than, than a human being, for sure. Uh, but I want to have our country or at least parts of my state, state's investment firms because we have entire investment like branches of our government. We have way too many branches in our government for state state government. Um, at least push some money into developing that so they could start human trials sooner than four or five years, just which their projections are. Um, if if you and I, I don't pretend to know what women want, I only know that as a factor, and this isn't a moral stance. Okay, it's not a religious stance, but every death at the hands of abortion is a lost potentiality for a problem solved. I think, I think uh, what's important though, is to combine um, stuff like this with the UBI because women who get pregnant might abort because they don't have the, the finances yeah. Yeah, uh, to even keep their baby alive when it is born. And a lot of those programs disappear once the baby has uh, appeared and that's also part of the problem. Um, mm. And then you've got all these predatory uh, businesses that, uh, you know, like <sighs> people were farming babies essentially to make money, you know, um, in other countries, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, yeah, other countries, that. they would actually use their children and cut off a part of their limb so that they would earn more by begging. Right. That like, this is true story. That's messed up. But like that, that by having children deformed, it helps them, which is um, part of a problem. That's not our country. I mean, it could be our country. I don't know. Oh, we got to stop means testing. I don't testing. think so. Um, uh, it's the means testing. So I'll, yeah, give you a little, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little contextual history on the welfare state as a whole. Um, it was meant to be originally a democratic policy to give Spanish American war survivors and slavery survivors, you know, people who were emancipated or adopted into the American culture, a refund as far as reparations. And then it got, I, 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 it, then it got uh, overly bloated with bureaucracy and means testing because it used to be just $100 unbridled. Here you go. It turned into the welfare state as we know it now, which incentivizes people being poor. That needs to stop. And the, the other bill that they, the, the Democrats, then Dixiecrats had, had put up was the welfare state versus the Republican UBI. And a lot of people think that it's, it's a Democratic issue. If you're arguing UBI, it's actually a Republican issue because that was a fiscal conservative view of circumventing the tax system and the bloat. So I, 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 I respect that, that you have an idea of what a, a social or the countries you're just potentially describing, if, if I'm not mistaken, have overly reaching social welfare programs or, or incentives to do horrible things. And that's what a welfare state, if it's overly developed, will eventually do. It'll lead to a full-blown so socialism or disincentivizing work entirely. So, Yeah, I love yeah, that but you have... Wait, now we have automation. Oh, go on. Go I was going to say, I love that you have, you know, a, an ideology that, even though it's not mine, it squares... You know, it, it works consistently, consistently within its own rules and framework. It's not a hypocrisy. It's not a, it's not just some arbitrary, you know, collection of beliefs that aren't well explored. You have a real systemic ideological view and uh, it is rooted in, in this true idea. I think that 
the left does not have a monopoly on populism and there is such a thing as right populism and you're exploring it. I think it's, it's great. I mean, I, I mean, that's, that's the way I see it. Do you, do you see it differently? Yeah. Um, I sorry, I, sorry. I meant progressivism. I used the completely no, wrong no, word, dude. I, 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 but, no, but, no, but, no, but also no, populism. I, I mean, they're, they're both popular. There's nothing key. wrong yeah, with populism. There's nothing wrong populism. But I mean, right there's, progressivism there's, exists too. The, the, there's and there's, right populism. There, yeah. The, the, there's nothing wrong with populism so long as it doesn't control the narrative. You need populist ideas to conflict with each other, so you come to a consensus in the middle. You can't have fifth column right and fifth column left arguing with each other like we have now. You have to have the four middle columns working together. And that's what our frameworkers in, in the Federalist Papers tried to describe. We're, our, our, our system is built for gridlock for a reason. Yeah. And so we argue. If we start insulating ourselves within our own communities, we don't have that. We're supposed to bicker and fight as civil as, uh, like, not fight, fight. Like, don't throw punches, but verbally fight for what you, you, you believe in. And, and if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to voice yourself, um, in a peaceful way, or, or, or at least a discussion like this, then you need to understand why you're not doing that. And, and populism is like, there's three actual populist movements in the U S let the government burn right and left. Like this is really where it is. And it's almost like 70% of the people don't vote because they're disincentivized to, we have the wealth. Like, again, I'm going to go back to the welfare state. It either forces people into slave wages meaning they're just trying to get by and pay their bills and not go above their means testing. So now they're on this treadmill where they can't take a day off to vote or they're just, fuck, the system is too corrupt because it just looks so insurmountably big. And all it takes is really somebody with a pen and enough backing to change that in just a moment. And, and well, a lot of people I, I, don't realize that. Well, part of it is we need to communicate outside of our echo chambers. We need to expand even to other countries and see what they've done and take some of their templates. I mean, people, we want autonomy. I think that's what it, but we also want to be accepted. What countries? Uh, Well, uh, we just had people from UK on uh, yesterday. Yeah. And we've had people from Canada as well who uh, are doing their own UBI movements. We might even have someone from Kenya soon. Uh, So like we are getting in touch with people, uh, at a bigger scale, like this isn't just America right now, you know, um, but we have to start somewhere and that's grassroots and that's what right. we're doing. And I mean, we're only growing and we and also, all just want to see a better country. And, and yeah, also like for the pro-life stance of like Republicans, well, life should also include quality of life, not just quantity of life and not just being out of the womb. And quality of life, you know, includes things like your happiness level, your mental health. It's not just how much are you producing for a gross domestic product. And that's that's what a UBI will fall into. A UBI is the most pro-life po- policy when, when it comes to quality of life as well as how long you're going to live and all that stuff. So we should look for more pro quality of life people and not just, oh, you can live your life, but you can suffer in like pain, anguish, disappointment and scarcity. But at least you came out of the womb, you know? Well, okay. I, I will point out that the, 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 the difficulty of living will always be a constant. I, you, you can't argue that. What you can argue is equality for everyone equals inequity. You have to have equity to have all equality. That's why when you do an investment 
uh, plan like me trying to divest from being in the homeless welfare state like renewal that we have to pay into with taxes. We could drop 120 million out of the state budget, end it all, and then start making up money and paying for itself in 14 months. Like that's that's capitalism at work in the right way. It's a humane way of doing it. What right. the people arguing, like, I'm not saying any of you are like this, but the people arguing that we need to go to a communist or cap, a Marxist kind of like society, I get that. I understand where you're coming from. The critique of Marx was, on capitalism was correct. The prescription was horrible. It was absolutely. It's a fair case. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It, it, we're just talking- is the solve for that. It can only right. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Stage capitalism. Yeah, and I, we're all on the same that. page. I'm just, I'm just reiterating that, like, people will on my side because I'm saying let's just end homelessness and have the government take care of it. We'll scream socialism while I'm yelling divestment, and then people on the left side will see this as a move to for for good social equality. I just have to explain it to my side, not so much the left. Because the the, the left, it, it, from what I understand, is more willing to cancel me at a whim because I'm just run with the Republican tag, which is something that I've had my entire life. Like, it's well, just we're working on it. We're trying to stop that. I know. Well, there's a stop that shit. Why got so many former Trump people to come on his side and a lot of them have kind of seen the light. I think Trump was just a cry for help for like a lot All of right. people economically suffering and i think it was just like you got you got the pill over here and you know it's just going to be the same shit but trump wasn't like the good pit. he was it just was like a new flavor right they, right right was. <laughs> yeah he yeah, was like he was a dice roll people were it, so it, upset it's, it's like they were like you, let's you roll can, the dice you you can take this garbage or you can take what's behind door number two you don't know what's behind door number two, but you don't want garbage. But maybe what's no. behind door number two is more garbage. So it was just like, I, I just, they just wanted to see what was behind door number two because they had it with the devil that they knew. But it was like, and, and that's where we got Trump, I think. And well, then Yang came in and he knows that. <laughs> well, yeah, Yang, see, Yang echoes a new, like, call of a populism in my in my opinion, which is is the center populist ideology. We have the nihilist type, the left and the right, and now we have center, and Yang's echoing that. And I think it's woken up a lot of Republican conservatives that have more liberal views like myself. Um, I understand that my views are liberal. I just like use the word progressive to try to describe where I, I stand. Um, We're very anti-identitarian here. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. So against I, Okay, I get that. But I, I, I can identify myself. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just trying to abate your anxieties. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Right. Oh, I'm not. I know. Yeah. I know. But like, I, I mean, no yeah, we're not like, I'm not, I'm not presuming away. these. I, that, yeah. Yeah. I, I think like judge a person by the content of their character should also refer to whatever political party is a, per, a person is. Well, maybe like less, less that, but like, just don't judge people instantaneously with labels. I think our, our mind likes to put things into groups or little boxes, but it's, 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 if there was ever a time to think outside the box, it's now. And we're going to need all the people we can get to notice. Just, just, just don't get a, just kind of step back put your emotions in check and just look at everything from like, you know, the, the, the point of zoomed out, like, like, you know, like, like, like a rocket ship, like, like, like a satellite uh, observing earth 
instead of like being on it. It's like, look, look, look at like the dynamics happening between everything rather the macro than versus the micro. Right, right. Rather than the zone. And, and I think that Andrew Yang was really that that was his forte. Yeah. It, it, like I had been studying UBI years before Yang come along because it just made sense to me. I mean, I had a kind of a, an epiphany where I'd become homeless early in my life. I'd paid in, I'd gone to school, I had done everything I was supposed to. Um, so I, I, I took, and I remember sitting in the shelter because I, I got, I got to that point because I had broken my ankle at that point. I didn't, I couldn't pay the bills and I had gotten angry and resentful of the system. So I started reading a lot of books on economics and theology on, on, or philosophy um, one of them was chaos in community, which caught my attention. And I mean, at that point, it had been out for a long time, obviously. <laughs> but uh, that set me down the track of of looking into what would directly economically affect the the bottom ninety percent, if you were to the bottom eighty five, um, and, and in a positive way. And UBI was the obvious answer because it was the welfare state without all the the bureaucratic taxation. Um, the most of the, if you think, if you know anything about welfare, as far as ratios of dollars given versus used, we currently give $1 to every almost $7 used. If we got rid of all the bloat in the middle, we could just give the person $7 because we live in an age of technology that can do that instantly. Yeah. It's, it's, and, 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 and we're enriching these bureaucrats. You know, everybody likes to speak out against like, oh, the corporations, the corporations. But like the bureaucrats are just as uh, no, enablers. right, j- j- just as enabling as the corporations are. It's like you don't it's it's like pure, like 100 percent late stage capitalism is like lip like like give all the power to the corporations and and the private sector and let them take care of it but on the other side it's like no give all the like communism and stuff give all the power to the the bureaucrats and let them take care of it they're more wasteful right they're more (laughs) wasteful so so what what we have right now unfortunately i think is the worst of both worlds where if if you're not in the hands of a powerful corporation, you're mm-hmm. you're in the hands of like a powerful bureaucrat. Now a UBI is like okay, we don't want our fate in the pure like private sector kind of philosophy and in the pure like communistic bureaucrat thing. We want it in our hands, and everybody gets a slice of this and what they do with it to like improve themselves up to them. them. Right. Exactly. We, so we don't start at zero because in a pure free market, what have you, someone starts at zero and somebody starts at a million. Well, that's not like pure, that's not fair. And, and people are just saying it's fair. No, people have inherited wealth. People have like, maybe no physical disability they were born with something so so just saying everybody starts at their default setting is fair is bullshit (laughs) i get it uh what you're you're arguing there is equality should be a thing but you have to enable it with equity and when you give equity freely as as a capital refund as through the tax system that we already use you could free up more money, and this is another point I want to make, is if you get rid of the bureaucratic welfare state in just one state, let's say we just do it for my district. Let's say I, I win 11th or 4th, whatever. If you were to actually say, okay, this district, no more welfare. We're doing a UBI. We could do a grand scale 
like experiment and if it turns out horribly in the first six weeks we could just turn it back on and then figure out what went wrong within that small study window we could watch the observed effects of just cutting the welfare state and people having like we we could put so uh furlough the Your scientific uh, method the, yeah that's and great. then just put it that's- back if it's not worked and then we can figure out what we could tweak to make it work even better the next time around yeah like like that that that's like playing a video game like when you lose and and you know you fell into that pit it's like okay i need to jump further i mean it's so i mean it's, like, or it's, delay my double jump until i'm like falling down right it's, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and and that's that's what we should do with politics instead we have all this dogma and ideology coming from both sides yeah, exactly yeah if my, if my technocratic friends were here my friends who want to defend the welfare state and i think ariel uh, what you were actually identifying as, you know, giving bureaucrats power is a technocracy rather than communism, but, you know, communism involves bureaucracy too. Well, no, but I mean, that's a whole side debate, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I'm sorry. You first. God, you know what? What what were we talking about? Uh, the bureaucracy of the welfare state as far as, uh, Oh, right, right. So if my technocratic friends were here to defend the welfare state, they would say, oh, no, yes, you say it would be fun to do a six week trial It'll be good for the good of science and, and the nation. But oh, are you going to be the one to tell that welfare recipient with eight kids that her food stamps are shut off? And, you know, that's usually where the like, debate ends. But the thing is, they never really give you the chance to stand up, look them in the eye and go, yeah, absolutely. I will go. Let's fucking go right now. They'll be so much happier to have that money in cash, you doofus. Don't give me this shit, right? Uh, it will, I probably shouldn't just lines. break off into a bunch of curses for no reason. No, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's fine. Like I get what you're saying, but like the the uh, to your technocratic friends, I would say that well, if you're arguing uh, bureaucracy and paying people, sure, but that lines up when you get enough bureaucrats into it. It's almost to the the almost to the communist value of uh, Easter's own and the effort of his value. You know, like that. That's very. That doesn't allow for a free market where, like, let's say, for example, right now, all the movie theaters are closing down. I'm looking to buy a property and make a drive-in. Like, there's an open market on drive-ins where I can make tons of cash. Now, what that is is an exploitation of a lost market that we've lost. The same thing can apply to the taxes. That's a market that's been lost because it goes into another scape. You don't know where it's being used. It's being slushed around for special interests. Bureaucrats are implicitly human. They implicitly put themselves first. We're cynical people. So, I well, mean, that's, what, that's what, my- what you're talking about the, is just the evolution of man, right? Like, yeah. okay, so we want to be healthier by not interacting so close all the time. So, let's not waste the space. We're going to revamp it and, you know, evolve it. Because, I mean, what I noticed with buildings in Portland, Oregon, was, you know, there was one business there and, you know, soon enough, there's a replacement business. It felt like I was looking at the stock market screen where it keeps flipping, flipping, right? Like each of these different buildings are changing, right? My mother, my but mother lives here in Portland. We evolved. I've seen what you're talking about, <laughs> I, too, I, where, where like it. one, well, yeah, yeah, one shop pops up and then the next week, because it can't make ends meet because there's so many taxes in place for just opening your business, it closes down. And then the next one comes in and it's almost like the, the, the investors that are allowing them to move into that space know what's happening and they understand it and they're just umbrellaed by it. They're, that sounds like a red flag to yeah. me, actually. 
Like it shouldn't be that. Like, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't understand why. Like, they instead of taxing the businesses, they don't provide us uh, starting businesses with tax credits. Provide the tax credits until someone can get on their feet and then tax them. Like, yeah, well, they do, well, they do. That's called a TIF. Um, that, that, that definitely does exist in some uh, like new developments. It's like when oh, you see a new yeah. shopping mall get put into like a, a new location. Uh, it's usually under a TIF, where they don't have to pay. Um, state or local taxes for well, they don't years. have to pay, or do they? Yeah, get they don't. Out? So, for they example, uh, Elon Musk just secured a factory site in Texas, Houston. Um, the Texas government has lower corporate taxes and also gives major tax breaks to companies that are doing green energy initiatives. So, instead of Elon having to pay like X amount of property taxes upon purchase, those are deferred until he makes a profit. Well, so what happened? Oh, you, you oh is is it is it like a tax? Uh, is is a it a sub? It, it, it's a tax break, but is it like a subsidy? Uh, it, it, like, subsidy like come uh, after. Yeah. Okay. Not, okay. Not exactly. Okay. Okay. So so it's not that, but 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 a subsidy is basically like a tax refund, or not not even a refund, just being given money. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah it, well, yeah. The, uh, a TIF is really a, a tax deferral. So you're given like a, a, you know, a grace period for a certain amount of time where you don't have to pay these certain taxes. Um, but generally that is only for, um, at least in my experience, in my knowledge, um, only for new developments. Uh, I, I, something similar was available for small businesses in like existing re- retail locations. Um, it could be pretty powerful potentially. Like, uh, you know, subsidy, like, if you're one, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Jeremy. Oh, I would say like, you know, just like, you know, Yang talked about all the time. You look around and you, you, you drive through any town, Anywhere in America, you're going to see these shopping malls, these shopping plazas, where half the fucking shops are empty. Well, I mean, it's a, some some kind of tax deferral or TIF type incentive to you know put something in these buildings. Um, probably would be a decent idea. Yeah, like the what, what what Texas does is they don't do anything until you're profitable. They don't start taxing you until you're profitable because they know if they tax you before, then your business can go under. The development of 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 the free market for for your employees can go under. They lose their jobs. They understand that. And that's why a lot of people are fleeing California's business practices and uh, Oregon's business practices uh, in Washington, even like basically the entire West Coast, uh, to go to Texas and put their businesses there because Texas has lowered their business incentives for being taxed up front significantly, mm. which, which is developing their economy rapidly. It's like I think of the third largest economy now, and it's almost about yeah. To- like, like I, I honestly think that like if 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 you do something like that, you should get a people should be getting subsidies until they're like uh, what's the word they've they've got like a customer base or some momentum, and then once like they 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 start getting that momentum, then they should be taxed because it's like initial investment because it's like you 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 don't you don't make your kids uh, work when they're like five, six, seven years old, because they're, they're just, it's, it's like you invest in them. And then after you invested into a person, then you expect that person to do something with that. You don't take from them when they're just getting started. I mean, yeah, no. it should be common sense. No, I think that the, the subsidy would, would exist as a UBI given to all citizens. So if you're, yeah, if your market base has additional expendable income, you wouldn't necessarily need to give um, a, you know, a direct subsidy to said businesses, which I, I, mm-hmm. I, can, see, I can see some corruption and some, uh, some issues with giving a straight subsidy um, to businesses. I mean, like, like uh, Solyndra is a, is a great example. You know, that's uh, 
where an example of government subsidies were, uh, you know, didn't quite work out so well and probably could have been handled better than, than what they did. So, okay, I have a question about all this. Um, how does this apply to shell companies for dirty money? Uh, dark money? Uh, in what way? Yeah. I, like, I, I, we, we have in our, our, our state's budget books, at least, is, at least PA, um, earmark special interest stuff in the budget. Like, it's, it's right there. We have a three-part act that we want to enable on the state that would include uh, – sorry. We would include a balanced budget without tax hikes. So we, we currently have um, Governor Wolf proposing more tax hikes on the lower and middle class. And then we also have a 4.5% um, wealth tax, which incentivizes the, the heretical or, or, or um, not, not heretical uh, – Oh, sorry, generational wealth um, to leave the state at rapid rates. People in my age group from 35 upwards or 30 to, uh, upwards are leaving the state in record numbers. And people that are like 18 to 25 are moving in, but they're only getting paid the minimum wage. The, par- the problem with having everywhere have a 15, I'm going to get into it here, but if everybody had a $15 minimum wage, most employers wouldn't be able to hire young staff. Like part of part of having development as as a young adult like age is 18 or 16 in some cases because people hide under the table is being able to struggle and understand what's good for you and then advocate on behalf of yourself of what you want for a wage we currently if we all go to a 15 dollars minimum wage that will kill tons of small businesses it'll raise taxes it'll make it so the federal government has even more reach into what your pocket is so it like I mean they they raised it in Seattle and a lot of these concerns I don't think actually popped up. Uh but I could be wrong. I didn't uh, I just feel like Seattle Washington tried this and it actually didn't really harm like uh the city like everyone predicted it would. No, uh, yeah, it shut down a lot of businesses actually. It did. Okay. Well, I guess it didn't do follow up on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand, like, everybody's want for a higher minimum wage. Yes, but what, what, what our problem is with currency, as far as wages go, is because we're on the fiat petrol dollar. We should be moving to something like the kilowatt hour dollar, which is how much green energy can we create, export, and sequester carbon with. Now, that, that's something everyone can get behind because kilowatts per hour is a measurable metric off of the grid. And if you have a really green state, you should have a really f- efficient grid. And that should relate to the dollar value. And if we don't do that, if we don't do that as a whole country, then we're going to there's, – there's countries like Sweden and the Netherlands that are looking at the kilowatt hour right now as a dollar backer. It would actually grow the, the value of the, the penny by 60%. That's one of the policies me and a few other people are working on. We're trying to figure out how to draft the bill correctly so it appeals to everybody. It's really hard. Um I have like three economists talking about it and a couple of green energy advocates like going through it. Working we definitely it. need more green energy for sure. Like uh, this whole oil war would end, right? Like we wouldn't be trying to invade people's territory. We could be sharing our resources instead of uh, hoarding them or causing damage to the environment, you know, like, I think that's important, but also just teaching people how to do this on their own, I think is also important because mm-hmm. we are autonomous beings. Uh, it's just, we can't invest in ourselves if we got nothing to even feed ourselves with, you know? So I get that. 
Um, does anybody have any questions? Because I'm, I'm at a loss of what to speak about. I've kind of gone over like well, what I want to do to the state short term. So, will Andrew Yang want to get rid of the penny? But you, you want to raise it? Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah, I know. But uh, the, the the penny is the baseline value of all our currency. One cent. Oh, okay. Right. You'd mentioned all the other stuff goes up sixty percent. Okay, right. Yeah, uh, Morgan, you'd mentioned there are more Republican UBI advocates and uh, UBI hopefuls in for Congress than we might know. Could you talk about some of the others you know of? Well, I mean, as far as a general feeling, um, and the people I've talked to on the Republican end of it, even conservatives are like, okay, well, so what's the conservative case for it? Like, why would I agree to this socialist policy? Policy, I'm like, you already are with your tax system. Like, you're already paying into the welfare state, which is the most bureaucratic social social policy we have in America. And I'm not like anti-socialism, mind you. I'm just anti-overreach as far as bureaucracy, which turns into socialism. It's a very, very lockstep march towards that. Um, Yeah. I think you're making great points. It's unfortunate that you like um, feel the justifiable need to like reflexively defend them and say, you know, I'm not going to the extreme here, even though this is a good point. It just really slows down like the speed at which you can communicate because in this extremely hostile political climate, you have, oh, I so have to build this sort of uh, defensive uh, weave into your rhetoric. And like, I mean, I really agree with what you're saying. And I, um, I just wish we, should, we could fix the climate so you didn't have to, to say it in this way because it's... It's not yeah. even that. I'm not, I don't even approach it defensively. I'll, I'll say what I want to say to like a Republican. Like, I, oh like, yeah, I know but, you will. I know you but, will. But, like, the, 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 I'm not afraid of exercising my freedom of speech. If someone disagrees with me, I'll say, hey, "Sit down. I'll educate you why, why, like." I'm not. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, you're absolutely speaking your mind. You absolutely have the courage of your convictions. I'm saying that you've been unfortunately entrained on these common arguments that you just like. You know, you you have to field, and it's just such a non-communicative oh, yeah. uh, political okay, no, environment no, no. we have, you know, you're yeah. saying like, I don't, of course, I don't, this doesn't make me a socialist or like, I'm not fully on, I'm, this doesn't mean I'm completely against socialism, you know, like, and that's not even what we're talking about. Like you don't, it's unfortunately have that we have to argue from this defensive framework sometimes, you know, it's why I, I say like, I'm very anti-identitarian. We're very anti-sectarian in the show. And like the way I think of myself politically identity wise right now is I was a Democrat for my whole life. I'm still a registered Democrat because tactically it's, it's where, you know, I'm in New York state. It's what I can do tactically. And it's the people I know. And it's, uh, it's the system, I, the levers of power. I know how to pull better. Um, totally cynical view, you know, and the reason, <laughs> I, and, and I used to be, I, the reason I was Democrat in the past was, uh, you know, well, now the way I see it, I'm, I, I was Democrat in the past because, I went to college. I was indoctrinated into that worldview. Uh, that's, and, you know, and also my mom was that, you know, it's just, it's what I grew up with. Uh, yes. But um, now we're all grappling with uh, sort of reconciling, <sighs> reconciling some new, so for some people challenging, um, you know, beliefs and, and uh, <sighs> that, that we must, challenging issues that that cause people to sort of do logical cartwheels to make their beliefs unchanged yeah mental gymnastics is the term i'm trying to come up with um so the solution really is that we so many of us have the right idea but are just not willing to let go of the fact that the framework with which we've invested so much of our lives just wasn't perfect you know uh but if we can all just 
do that, then we'll really be able to move forward. Anyway, that's that's the point. Oh, yeah, I, I, think, I, I get it. I was going to say a good example of that was uh, yesterday with Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, talking shit on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk sent out that first tweet saying that you know, he uh, doesn't believe it. He doesn't uh, believe it. Got uh, ratioed so hard. Yeah, oh. and it, well, yeah, but and Bernie Sanders nine fucking hours later doesn't take the time. Jeez. So look at like you know like the three the or four whole thing. Yeah. Instead, calls him out over just some, something that he completely really didn't even fucking say. But that's, that, that's, but that's a and, and that's precedent. why people weave into their rhetoric. I do it too. People weave into their rhetoric, like you know. Remember that just because I have deviated like even one iota from the lockstep dogmatic position of the right or left, that doesn't mean that I am extremely to the position of the other or that I am, you know, that I am this, this uh, boogeyman you've been made to fear. You know, it's, we have to keep weaving that d- little defense into our, our rhetoric to convince any one of our ideas at all, because there are all these points at which we've been trained to stop listening and become hostile. It's a terrible, terrible it's political sick. culture we have. It's a strange thing when I talk to a conservative about my, my, my futuristic approach to, like doing away with abortion long term. Like the short term is we have both, and then we perfect the technology, and now abortions aren't even needed. We just put up like a, a department of of adoption or something like that for families that can't, you know, produce kids. Like it's that, key that that's we a good that, like thing. we just table that until we get everybody enough money to make sure you know that people aren't having abortions because they can't afford to then we can talk about other stuff you know i feel like it's just a strategic snafu Mm -hmm. to actually talk about that i think we should just agree be like no let's just table that until we're stopped until we stop being killed i think i think the the powers that be are like feeding off everybody's like hostility and negativity and oh Wait, are you pointing at something there? Uh, Faye had her hand up. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Ariel can talk. I'll go next. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so, so the powers that be are feeding off all of these, uh, you know, all, all of this extremism. And it's like people are programmed like Pavlov's dogs to like salivate but instead of the bell being rung and people salivating, it's just like one thing that you're not lockstep on and people are beating their chests like monkeys and ready to throw their you know what <laughs> it's it's a like it's it's, yeah. it's a culture that we gotta it, it's it's not we, we can't go into the future with this i don't i don't know what the answer is but i'm, I'm, I'm talking i talked to someone who studied neuroscience and we're 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 on the brink but uh yeah like go good ahead. think like group think yeah right yeah uh Okay, I just wanted to chime in about the whole abortion thing since, you know, I'm a female. I don't know. It might give me a little uh, say in this, right? Absolutely. Um, So, uh, realistically, uh, I would not want a a child in this environment that we live in in our country right now, right? It's for me, I don't think my child would have very bright future, okay? So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I take my protections to not get pregnant, but, you know, accidents happen. And for me, I'm like, to a capacity, I'm like, if it's within an early enough time, I would get an abortion because I don't want to raise a child in this environment. But then, uh, as you guys were talking, the thoughts that went through my head were, um, well, if the baby was taken out of me and, like, put in a fake womb where it's not destroying my body you know i think i'd totally be behind that and if someone else like was gonna raise that baby 
who actually had money to support it, you know, like I'd be okay with this. Right. You know, and like, but with the whole, like before that statement about an artificial womb, I was very like, yeah, abortion's like not a bad idea, you know, because I don't want to cause a quality of life to be really shitty for a child of mine when I can barely afford myself, right? Like I'm struggling and all my friends and family are struggling. Nobody's going to really be able to help me with that baby right now because they're working 10 to 12 hours to pay the rent. Okay. So like, I'm not, I'm not wanting that, but, uh, I, I think the artificial womb would have to. No, have no, AI. absolutely. Because then I would have faith. because 70, yeah. 70 I would have faith that that baby mm-hmm. could be taken. And seventy-eight percent of of all abortions would never happen if there was a UBAI in place in the first place. That's that's an a staggering amount. Do you know how many how many cases of of American eugenics we we do a, a, a year? And I'm I'm calling it that because that's what it was based out of. Okay, I'm I'm just I don't agree with it. I have. A, a little history right, well, on my, my family trees. I have. I get Jewish it, but family in that we have to work together. So you oh, may yeah. want I, I'm, to I'm totally use fine. less divisive language. I don't know. Maybe I've, you know, like you're not offending me, but in this I've, climate of hostility, like it might be wise to not drop the eugenics line all the time. I don't know. No, I'm not going to curb down my language. I'm sorry. Not, hey, absolutely. I'm not censoring you. I'm just saying, like maybe, maybe we would have more success if you use different language but if i have not swayed you then i have not swayed you i respect that but yeah let's talk about what you're talking about with with abortion it came from that lineage of 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 science that came out of germany world war ii it it was practiced before that incorrectly and then the germans perfected it on the jews i have jewish family my great-grandmother was in auschwitz she's a survivor she had the tat and everything she died a few years back now jewish myself yeah, so it's it's not it's not a great thing in my opinion that we allow this to continue. We kill three hundred thousand potential Americans a year. Uh, New York State, just adjacent to me, has a negative black birth right now because of it. Right? Like it's 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 astonishing if you look at the actual statistics of what's going on. It's really bad. But if we had this technology in place, it could be really good. And then combined with the UBI, it could be even better. If we just made the option available, because I, I, I'm not speaking out against you, Faye. You're, you're not a bad person for having your beliefs and your, your stances, okay? You have your right as a woman to say, this is my choice. I want autonomy. I get that. But I, it should be also if, if, if there is an option to be like, well, they're going to have to like perform a surgery on me anyways. I could potentially just you know put the kid up for adoption and – like let the person name it when it comes to birth age, if you would. Yeah, it's, uh, I like, well, like, well, if I'd like to say, uh, I, um, so- I can jump just real quick. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the show before, but um, I'm a I am adopted. Um, as I, I have no idea who my parents are, um, and my the parents who raised me are not my biological parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's <laughs> it's definitely a very viable option. I would definitely encourage anyone to pursue that path if they felt so inclined. And I, I wouldn't be against repealing abortion. Like, I mean, I would be against it. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I would be against repealing it because there are in cases which the, the three or four and a half percent that are survivors of sexual assault in the, that, that large pool of, of, of problem that we have, they should have the option. That, that I, I shouldn't step in front of that. You know, that's, that's the victim's choice. 
Now, if, if the victim also has the choice if they had that artificial womb thing, and we're getting way off topic in pro-life discussion. We'll, we'll go back to real questions here um, pertaining to my state. The, the real question is, is if we had a perfected technology that allowed people to come to maturity, because in my from, from a scientific standpoint, this is what informs my pro-life ideal, is the second cell division starts, that's life. From a scientific standpoint, that's where I see it. Now, if we could take that cell division and put it into something that can carry it to term and, and make sure that it's a human life saved, totally okay with that. I, I don't I don't have yeah. I don't have some kind of like new nuanced stance on it. I, I want to have my argument heard, but I don't want to silence yours. And I really, really uh, appreciate that that you're willing to voice your concerns well, on this because I'm listening to it. Well, um, so I have an older sister. We're half siblings. We have different dads, same mom. Um, I, I my mom had considered aborting her. Uh, my mom had considered aborting her. Right. And when my sister found this out when she was older, you know, that, that was pretty, you know, emotional. And she's like, I wouldn't have existed if she had done that. Right. And yeah. then I'm like, well, that's my sister. She wouldn't have existed if my mom did that, you know? And I was like, okay, okay. I get this. I understand this. Um, and you know, uh, I remember back in college, I wrote a paper about like, I'm okay with abortion if it's early and if it's for certain reasons, you know? Um, and I think I mentioned quality of life because I think that should be part of the equation. You know, we talk about the American scorecard. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. You know no, I'm, 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 I'm actually, I, I, I voted Yang in my primary. I can so oh. I, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I, I'm I'm swingable if it's logical. That's that's what I'm 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 for. It's just that a lot of his values. I I was a bit confused when I first came across him. Was they were a lot from my perspective. A lot of them were like center right, and that's why a lot of the left was decrying him as center right when he was actually just so center. He was wild card. Nobody could figure out what to do with him. So it's 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 kind of like a good thing that he came along and he broke the middle ground silence and. uh Sorry, I interrupted you first. Uh, you, you, you. I was just like, for me, it was it was kind of a wake up call because what got me involved into wanting to run was as like I, I I got upset, I got radicalized, uh, like with the anger, and I I took a couple months off from the internet. I went into the woods, situations like that where I was just like, I need to get away from it all, and I I came to the realization that I'm I'm still somebody who holds conservative values. But the needle has moved more towards I need to be direct with those instead of I need to allow convoluted roundabout ways of having it done. So, yeah. Well, I mean, this is all good that we're even talking about it. You know, um, it's good that, uh, you know, Yang helped unite a lot of people, uh, you know, and uh, open the doors to conversations yeah. about stories about how things actually affect people. And you know, I was in a woman's shelter actually just like six or seven months ago. So like, I mean, it's hell there, uh, you know, and it's a wake up call, but it's definitely not a safe haven that is uh, helpful to getting people back on their feet um, while keeping their mental health in check. Because like, I mean, uh, I met some gals uh, who were in the women's shelter with me who uh, during COVID ended up getting hotel rooms because they didn't want them all in the same room, right? Well, that's which, smart. Is, which is where the, the benefit of having a 3D printed housing community that can be put up in a week, almost like yeah. uh, faster than most FEMA shelters can be put up, honestly. Uh, FEMA shelters are terrible too. I've heard yeah, terrible I, things about them. Yeah. Hey, 
Oh, you for who? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I was just saying, getting back to your point about like talking to each other, I think that this this is awesome because we're not caric characterizing the other side into like a meme or a cartoon or like this idea we have up in our head, but we never really like like and and then we just label everybody um on the other side of us as this cartoon or this meme or this idea we have in our head. And I think that's what creates the toxicity. So this is only yeah. the beginning of this. Now, now we're not going to have that anymore. We, we can actually talk to each other instead of having images about each other in our heads that we react to. <laughs> yeah. To that point, I just want to just reiterate when I talk about language, I'm strictly speaking strategically because it's such a difficult task we have on how to communicate with each other and let the let each other know that we actually are our allies. We actually our interests align in more ways than they don't. And we really need to be working together to get a few key changes, systemic changes made. And then if we have further disagreements, we'll be empowered by the changes we've already made to have the discussion about those, you know, but we're not there yet. Um, well, so, and I, so when I talk about like, language, yeah, just so much of the challenge of, of, of uh, the show I think uh, so, so much of the challenge of what we figured out on, on the show of what we have to do is find the right language for conservative and, pro- and uh, liberal uh, progressive uh, UBI advocates to all talk to each other and come to an agreement. So, yeah, thank you. Well, it's like finding language that is in the middle, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you can, uh, I mean, I've been diving deep into the English language. The thing is we all speak English, but it's not the same language. You have people talking in pop culture. You have people talking in movie references. You might not even catch that they just dropped one, right? Like, I've actually had to tell people, like, hey, I need you to uh, let me know when you're um, quoting something because I'm lost. And it's just like, what, what, you know, I'm not tapped into pop culture as much as some people, you know? And uh, so it's, even just asking people's definitions, you know, like if you're talking about socialism, are you talking about the same thing? Did you define the terms that you're both like, it's language about that, you know, and then it's asking, can I even, um, you know, enter that, uh, can I enter that um, gate of even talking about this? Are you consenting to talk about socialism? Because then maybe you're, you're easily fired up and this person's ready or, you know, you know, ready to battle. No, you have to ask if people are okay with it. It's, in my opinion. Yeah, like from from my end, like uh, my pillar, my side of the aisle, at least. When when someone screams that socialism at me, I'm uh, again, I'm like, well, we're already kind of doing that when we're doing it worse. Like <laughs> we should, if we're gonna do it efficiently in the day day and age we're in now, we should, and we should have this conversation. And I think it was. Uh, john jay that said this in the federalist papers but it's like if 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 the truth offends then i'd rather be offensive all the time than than none of it like something around those lines i'm paraphrasing but uh we we should be looking at the ability to take critical thought and not be reductionist about it and then apply it to a theoretical solution which ubi is it's still theoretical but it's never been tried in out of of a sample size i think it was like 2000 it's never been done and we just had somebody from uh a country in south africa it was it was it kenya is that what the the country country or 
Yeah, I think Kenya was the one you're probably thinking about. They just said we're doing a UBI, and I think I think they actually use our dollar, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's there's also with the whole language barrier you're talking about. The U.S. has you know, a remarkable amount of pidgin languages, which are just amalgamations of French Creole, Southern mm-hmm. slang, West Coast slang, and anywhere in between. And <laughs> you, you can see the ripple effect from the, the coastline inland is that people on the inner portion of it don't catch up the lingo until about two years later. <laughs> so <laughs> through all the well, movies. I mean, I'm I'm hanging out with people who use language that I find kind of vulgar, right? But yeah. they're some of the happiest go lucky people and they don't necessarily mean it derogatory or offensive. And you know, I mean I call them out on some of their shit. Like I'm like not down for uh some of the things they say. But like it's more of like Tell me more. Why is this the thing you believe? Because like, uh, I don't understand your thought processes, but you know, I think a lot of the things we don't educate each other on the information that we have found in this world either. Right. We're all individual pairs of eyeballs, you know, like the perspectives that. (laughs) And and ear holes. (laughs) Right. And, and you, you know what I, I think would be great if, if we can concentrate less on people that tend to be so polarizing like Trump and Sanders, Clinton, McConnell and all that stuff and focus more on policies and ideas instead of people. What, what did Roosevelt say? Like small minds think about people, bigger minds think about events and even like the best minds think about ideas. So I think that'll really get us out of here because like Trump just takes up so much real estate in people's minds and he instantly polarizes people. But then if we just say, let's not talk about his name, let's talk about these ideas and these policies and the, like what effects these policies had, we'd be in a much better place. I, I, I'll come out and say it because I know it's a polarizing issue. If we're going to, we're going to talk about hard subjects. I'm actually for the wall, but not under the stance that like, it's bigoted or anything like that. We, we bleed hundreds of billions a year in just deportations and hiring officers to patrol the border. You know, if we were to actually just divest from that as well, just like I I'm proposing from for homelessness in my state, we just end it all just one, one right. campaign to get it done. And then we sell them come to the port of entry for asylum. Well, we already take in half of the world's refugees every year, you know? Yeah. And, and not to mention, like, if a UBI is a right of citizenship, it'll like, it'll be more of an yeah. right, like legal citizenship. Then they, they they like if everybody just wants to come here illegally, it's like, hey, you're not going to get it. You're 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 and 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 by that, you know, you it know, so it. so it'll be it'll be more of an incentive for people to come in the right way. And it, yeah. my my reasoning behind wanting to do a stateside UBI before a federal UBI is that if you get and the federal government usually toes the line with the states. If there's a poor state that's offering a UBI, it'll incentivize people to move back and they'll grow the economy. It's the same thing with a dying town. It's just it's the macro and micro equivalence is is fairly similar. So it, it, it's almost one in one as far as, as their, their interconnection because the, the, the cities do get people. People pay the taxes. The taxes pay the state. The state pays the people back in their, their well-being. So if we have a dying state like Kentucky, like Pennsylvania, like uh, uh, Florida, like all these, these deficit spending cities, 
with not either too many people not paying in taxes or not enough paying, uh, not enough moving in and producing uh, product, which is GDP. It is a measurement we have to account for, but it's not what should determine what goes on in the state. So I, uh, I think we're at time here. Um, oh, sorry. I know hey, it's all good. I, it's, I, I do want to squeeze one more question out of you, man. Nothing to apologize for. Um, yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's been a while since I've been to uh, the Pennsylvania, but I do recall when I was there, you guys had, had like really weird liquor laws, and uh, I'm just curious where you fall on that argument. It, we need to restructure. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, the, the the Fair Tax Act has been sitting on congressional and Senate floor for like almost 12 plus years. We need to unify all the taxes for the entire federal system, get it? So everyone's paying the same and then do away with all these dog-eared investments and everything. And part of the reason why we have some of those those labor laws is because fairly I think, isolationist. Uh, I, I think I might have broke up when I was speaking. I say uh, your liquor laws. So like if, if you want to get uh, alcohol in Pennsylvania, sometimes you oh. really got to go like to some crazy links to, uh, to track it down oh. and obtain it. I don't drink that much, so I wouldn't <laughs> personally... <laughs> I know they have uh, state-run liquor stores in Pennsylvania. As a New Yorker, who's I'm, I'm in the tri-state area. I'm not in the city, so you know, close enough to Pennsylvania. And they do have very uh, restrictive, I believe, uh, complete state-owned uh, control of the liquor industry. Yeah, that's more that's or less. It's kind of like what Oregon has, where they say you can only be open from these hours to these hours, and after that, we just close. So a lot of people f- from PA either cross state borders to to get cheaper liquor and cigarettes. And then they bring them back over, which is illegal, which causes even more problems because now you're taking the state's income that you've worked off of somebody from, let's say, uh, their their employment, and now you're taking that income and putting it in a different state's tax system, and it's it's yeah, div- divided point. at the state lines. So it causes an, an inflation problem for the state that's very restrictive. It's it's more proof of, of this is uh, Chicago has the highest gun violence and, not, and the most restrictive gun laws you sound like the kind of person who should be in government so you do seem to have critical thinking i'll be honest i'm scared shitless i really that's a good sign i think that means you're 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 doing it correctly it's a scary thing to do it's a scary thing to do if you're doing it right yeah because there's so many people who are doing it wrong and they're afraid that they're intimidated by the people who want to do it right so they tend to silence them and intimidate them. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's going to take just enough people to have an I am Spartacus moment and just normal people run. I'm blue collar and I'm going to close with this statement. So it, it, it wraps it all up. I'm a blue collar worker who believes the taxpayers should get their monthly tax return. Okay. We pay too much into the welfare state in our state. We pay too often and we're getting proposed more tax hikes. That's not okay. Fiscally conservative ideals should align with UBI. And if you're a Republican or a Republican libertarian leaning person in our state, because I know that's very heavy in our state, you need to stand up and run for office. And if you're a Democrat that can work with Republicans within our state because you're too afraid to speak up, you need to run for office. We're custodians of our own system and we need to make sure it's taken care of. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's awesome. Uh, We have. Sorry, go on, Eric. That like I, I could just imagine that it, it would work in a southern accent too. I'm a blue collar worker. We pay too much in taxes, and we need to see some of that money back because because it's not coming. We got to be custodian. We got to be doing. Oh our my thing. gosh! We can't let these people wasting our money. <laughs> you know, it, it would it would work. 
but but I it, it was fun. <laughs> I, I just I just have. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> so, God, Le- Le- got to have a laugh if it's true, you know. Uh, you know, I was going to say we have a, a regular speaker, uh, Jacqueline Holman, is, um, in her in her in her mid fifties. She's a welfare recipient from Erie, Pennsylvania, and she's like a former um, former Communist Party member. You know, she's uh, I'm not sure what, if what party she's in. Maybe Democrat for strategic reasons. I think like like the rest of us. But you know, I would love to have you back on sometime uh, to talk to her because you both had first hand oh, yeah. experience with Pennsylvania's welfare system. You could do a great episode with just the two of you. Uh, so maybe sometime we could work that out. But Morgan Dodd, uh, you definitely have my support. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Where do people it. find more information uh, so, about? Yeah. I'm. I. I don't even have a website yet. I'm actually trying to recruit volunteers and 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 phone bakers and everything. We're trying to set up. Similar to a pack, not so much because we're going to be taking people from both aisles. Um, we don't know what to do at the moment. Um, we're in the framework of building that, but if you guys want to contact me, you can get me at uh, DGN Morgan, uh, all caps, and then uh, only caps on Morgan uh, for the first letter. Um, and you can just contact me and DM me there. My DMs are open, so if you want to actually help out or you know people in PA that can get you know involved, I would appreciate it. Um, it's just difficult right now because I'm, I'm running privately. I don't even have myself on, on the ballot officially. I'm going to start doing that around 2024. I'm just trying to get the, the, the long-term plan and the, the, the vertical integration to get that machine going the second I hit my... Stay in touch with us. We'll do whatever we can to help you out there. So Thank you very much. Try to figure it out together. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. I mean... You too. Great meeting. Yeah, you too. We'll be in touch. All right. Bye-bye. That was great. That was great. That was great. Thank you guys for watching. Everybody who's watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more UBI advocacy. So be good to each other. Bye. 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 Bye.